0: In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Jack the Baptized, and to all of the baptized in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is a lot going on today, especially in the texts that we have regarding the transfiguration of our Lord. There is a reason that this is one of the great mysteries of the faith and that this Sunday is the pinnacle of Epiphany, the last Sunday in Epiphany from from which we start our journey towards Lent and then towards Holy Week and the cross of Jesus. There is, first of all, the divine glory that's shining through the human nature of Christ, is teaching us the mystery of, of Jesus, God in our flesh. There's Moses and Elijah standing there with Jesus, talking to Him, Talking to him about his death and his resurrection, this teaches us that all of the Scriptures are about Jesus, and it proves to us that the Old Testament Scriptures are true. The conversation that they have about Jesus' exodus, we learn that from the Gospel of Luke, teach us that the counsel of God is about nothing other than rescuing us sinners by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then there's the request of Peter. That He would build tabernacles to try to capture the glory of the moment. But this request is undone completely by God the Father, overshadowing the mountain in His resplendent glory. It teaches us that the Father will have His glory where He wants it and not where we want it. There are many reasons that this text is one of these great and marvelous texts to hear every year. But today, I would like to focus on one sentence in the text, one line. And that is the voice of the Heavenly Father. The voice that says from the cloud, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. The first thing to note about this speaking of God God the Father is that is that hearing the voice of the Father, of God the Father specifically, is actually very rare in the Scriptures. Even when we go back and look at the Old Testament, we realize that the voice of God is normally the voice of the Son, the voice of Jesus, before He was named Jesus. When the word of the Lord, for example, comes to the prophets, we know that that word is, is Jesus, the Son of God. When the Lord spoke through the burning bush... When the Lord came to visit Abraham, even when the Lord walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, it was the Son of God making God known to the people of the Old Testament. Like Jesus himself says, no one at any time has ever seen God, but the only begotten Son has made him manifest. And it's similar in the New Testament. God the Father rarely speaks. In fact, I can only think of three times when it happens. If you can think of more, tell me after church, and then I'll correct it next week in the sermon. But I can only think of three times. Uh, In Holy Week, when Jesus is teaching uh, in Jerusalem, and he prays, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. This is John chapter 12. A voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Another time that we hear the voice of the Father from heaven is at the baptism of Jesus. This is from Matthew chapter 3. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Those words should be familiar because the voice from heaven, the voice of God the Father, that we hear at the transfiguration of Jesus, says almost exactly the same thing. This is the third time we hear the voice of the Father in the Gospels. He was still speaking, Peter was, when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. The voice of the Father is rare. And what's even more astonishing is that in the rarity of hearing the words spoken by God the Father, of the three thing, three times that we have His voice in the Gospels, two of those times He says almost precisely the same thing. It's to these words that we're paying attention this morning. These words repeated, which were spoken from heaven at the baptism of Jesus and then spoken again here at the transfiguration. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The first thing we note about these words is that it's teaching us who Jesus is. That he is the son of God that he is very God of very God, light of light, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, who made all things. Jesus is God in our flesh. God and man personally united. His divinity is joined to his humanity in a union that will never be divided. Jesus is the Son of God. But there's more here. For The voice doesn't just say, this is my beloved Son. It goes on to say, with whom I am well pleased. And these words are particularly stunning words. And it's where the text gets personal. For those words, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, could be spoken of no other person. God cannot speak those words to us according to our sin. Remember, we are all sinners. And that means that we are unpleasing to God. That's precisely what sin is. When the Father says to Peter and James and John on the mountain of Jesus, this is the one I'm pleased with, He was saying to them, I'm not pleased with you guys or with anyone else for that matter. Now, we think this is harsh. We, in fact, had it last week in the sermon. We have trouble admitting what great sinners we really are. But listen, if we were to go up to God in our sinfulness and ask Him, Heavenly Father, are you pleased with me? His answer would be no. No, I'm not pleased with you. And by the way, don't call me Father. This is what our sin has done. And it's what our sin continues to do. It makes us despicable in the eyes of God. Unholy, unclean, corrupt, deserving not his love but his anger, not his good pleasure but his wrath. It's Jesus that God is pleased with, not you. We have this inherent pride that sticks to our flesh that doesn't want to admit this. This thought that we're pretty good people, remember? That we're generally good, that we occasionally make mistakes, but this is wrong. It's dead wrong. You and I are sinners. All the way, all the way to the core. Poor, miserable sinners. And when the Heavenly Father speaks to the Son about how He is pleasing to Him, it stings us, it should sting us, because we are not pleasing to Him. Got it? We have to know this. We have to know that Jesus is the only one that brings pleasure to the Father's heart. And not you, and not me. God is not proud of us, doting over us. Delighting in us according to our sin, He is, He is angry with us. But while it is true that we are desperately unpleasing to God, we still have hope. Not in ourselves, but in the one who is pleasing to God. We have hope in Jesus, for He has a purpose in His life and His death to rescue us and to save us and to forgive us. This is where we find great comfort in the transfiguration of our Lord. There are a lot of different uh, gods out there, a lot of different idols and false gods who are commending themselves to you. A lot of people and things and spirits that want to claim to be your God and clamor for your attention, but Jesus whose flesh shines with the brightness of the sun, Jesus, whose clothes are radiating light, Jesus is the one true God. And look, He is God in your flesh, hanging on your cross, suffering for your sins, so that He could give His life to you, so that He could give His holiness to you so that He could share His heavenly Father with you. Jesus, after all, is the only begotten Son of the Father. The only Son. The one and only Son. But He takes you into His family. He adopts you as His brothers and sisters, so that you can call God your Father. Jesus brings you into the gifts of the Holy Trinity. He adopts you into the family of God. And how do you know this? How do you know that you're adopted into God's family? You'll like this, Jack. You know it because you're baptized. Paul writes, now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Galatians 3 and Romans 8. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That's why the Lord puts His name on us at baptism. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We we have His name so that we can be part of His family. Part of the family of God. Whenever someone's baptized into a new family, they lose their birth name. And they're given the name of the family that's adopting them. And so it is with us. When when we are baptized, we lose our birth name, sinner. And we're given a new name, redeemed. Redeemed. Forgiven, holy to the Lord. And so it is that now, because of the death of Jesus, because of His blood shed for us, because of the promise of forgiveness that's been brought to us in in our baptism, because of all of the things that Jesus has done, because of all of this, God the Father looks down from heaven at you, Jack. And at all of us who have been baptized, He looks down from His glory and down from His splendor and down from the radiance of the brightness of His everlasting, unchanging throne and He says to us sinners who are forgiven, You are my beloved. You are my beloved sons and daughters with whom I am well pleased. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.